I'm going to get into it a little bit later, but the reporting on Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, uh, all the people who pushed narrative and said, you know, he was hit by a fire extinguisher during the Capitol riots in the head, and that's what killed him. That's He had a stroke. He actually had two of them. He died of natural causes. That's what happened. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's always good to be with you. That's what happened. I don't know why that's hard for people. I am not sure why you would ever need to lie about such a thing, but people did. Meanwhile, in Texas, the lieutenant governor says the state Senate doesn't have enough votes to pass permitless carry. Right? The idea that, you know, constitutional carry. You don't need a permit to carry a firearm. The Constitution is your permit. But according to my sources, there are 18 Republicans in the Senate. And you need 18 votes. So what's the issue? And by the way, this isn't the only state. This isn't the only state to have a, 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 a problem like this. My beloved Indiana did the same. They just let it die in the Senate. What? There's a supermajority of Republicans in Indiana. What's the bloody point of a supermajority if you can't use it for something that the Constitution says you can do? This brings us to the New York Times. Now, I, I sometimes get into themes, right? And, and one of my uh, ever-loving themes is, please, oh dear Lord, do not trust the New York Times. This isn't about reporting. This is about the continued political hellscape push. And often I get into themes of the conversation of narrative and being able to expose that in all the ways that it exists. You know, we we see it, but sometimes all I'm doing is playing a little bit of connect the dots. Right? Remember, I have more time to focus on this. You're working. You're right now. You're right now working. Right? You're supposed to be working. You're supposed to be doing those things. I'm supposed to entertain and, and give you some good information and you get to utilize that, right? I'm doing my I'm only hoping I'm doing my job right, right? Not telling you what to think, but giving you something to think about and helping you with things you already know and how they connect to other things you already know, but maybe you haven't thought about how they connect. Because you're busy thinking about your life and not about this. But this narrative conversation, just like we talk about uh, Brian Sicknick. Just like we talk about the border. Well, the New York Times is saying that there's a coalition of black faith leaders representing more than a thousand churches in the state calling for a boycott on Home Depot because they're not acting as a good corporate citizen because they haven't spoken out about the state's voting law. They're not saying anything. They're literally saying nothing. They're just like, we're going we're gonna to keep going to work and we're going to keep selling people, you know, uh, appliances and lumber. Thank you very much. And that's it. I did get my lawnmower uh, from there. That, that, that did happen. I did not get that one. I didn't get locally, but I did buy Made in America. Why do see this is a great example of you speak out and you're saved. You can't just say nothing. Do you really care what Home Depot's position is? Or do you care that they have the saw you need in stock? Which one do you care about? 
I care about the latter. No one cares about Home Depot's political position. According to Bishop Jackson, Reginald T. Jackson, he oversees 534 African Methodist Episcopal churches in Georgia. We don't believe this is simply a political matter. This is a matter that deals with securing the future of this democracy, and the greatest right in this democracy is the right to vote. Bishop, hi, uh, Tony Katz, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry that's the case, but that is the case. Democracy, first of all, we're a republic, but just, but just for that part of it, I, I think you mean the more catch-all conversation, um, is fine and well and good in Georgia. You still get to vote. There's still the same amount of time uh, to vote. You can't hand out bottles of water in line. You know what you should do? Tell people to bring a bottle of water with them. You need an ID to vote. That's my take. Are you telling me the members of the 534 African Methodist Episcopal churches in Georgia don't have an ID, have no ability to get an ID? Are you telling me that they can't get an ID and that it's somehow racist to to say get an ID? Do you really believe this? I ask you this question, Bishop Jackson. Do you need an ID to become an official member of the church? Not to walk in and sit down, but if you want to join the church pay some dues or whatever. I'm not sure how how the church might work. Do you need an ID? Just curious. You're moving a narrative, sir. Not facts. You think that Home Depot is the problem? Everybody should buy everything from Home Depot. There you go. We went the other way. I don't know what their politics are. I know that Arthur Blank of Home Depot and also of the Atlanta Falcons has been on calls about things having to do with uh, um, the, the, the wokeness that I don't approve of. I don't need to hear from the company. I need them to sell me things at a worthy price. I need them to have answers to my questions. But you're more than welcome to boycott them. People are going to boycott Home Depot for this. They're going to boycott others, though. Drink Coke at your own peril. They want people to be less white. They want to do away with whiteness. Where Where is RC? Where is Royal Crown? Hold on. Royal Crown Cola. Can I still get that? Nope. They just gave me Crown Royal. That's not what I was looking for. I think RC Cola is maybe out. All right. I'll find another. See how this works, sir? You're more than welcome to do what you want, but it doesn't make you right. Anybody who opposes voter ID law favors fraud. I don't know why, Bishop, you would do such a thing. This is Tony Katz today. I want to talk more about the Chauvin case, but I've just been informed that Representative Ocasio-Cortez has said something. The climate crisis is a crisis born of injustice, and it is a crisis born of the pursuit of profit at any and all human and ecological cost. That's right. Which means that we must recognize in legislation that the trampling of indigenous rights is a cause of climate change. The the trampling of racial justice is a cause of climate change because we are allowing people and we are allowing ourselves to make sure, we are allowing folks to deny ourselves human rights and deny people the right to health care, the right to housing and education. Representative Ocasio-Cortez is a child. She could be a good friend. She might be a great daughter. But everything she discusses policy-wise is that of a child. 
First, can we discuss the fact that Profit is awesome? Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today, Profit created greatness. Profit created safety. Profit created security. Profit is fantastic, and the people opposed to it don't know what they're talking about. The world without profit is the world where a few people rule over the many. Now, you could say to me, Tony, what about all these multi-billionaires? Well, then she should be opposed, as sometimes she is, to big tech keeping people from speaking out and utilizing their voice, because that, of course, is wrong. But the issue there isn't profit. The issue there are people who think that they know better, which is exactly the problem that comes from people who live in the socialist utopian hellscape that she fantasizes about. Profit is what allows people to go after passions. Profit is what allows people to move from one company to another, to one city to another, one state to another, so they can better their lives or create the opportunities that work best for their lives. Only profit allows that to happen. No other system allows for that ability. There's no reason to move except, of course, standard migrational patterns, which have to do with whether or not there was any rain that year so you could grow some crops. But me, I don't grow crops. I'm not good at growing crops. And if I have to grow my own tomatoes, my family's going to die. Somebody else might be excellent at growing tomatoes. They lack a different skill. So therefore, I trade through dollars, a currency, something of value. I trade those dollars for their labor. And someone else trades me dollars for my labor because you know what i'm really good at advertising tomatoes oh i kick ass at advertising tomatoes i am the capo de tutti capo of advertising tomatoes king tomato that's what they call me the person who grows tomatoes they don't know jack squat about advertising tomatoes they don't know how to talk about how succulent they are they don't know how to talk about the proper ripeness they don't know how to talk about how to look for them in the store and ask for them by name that's what I do, because I've built a trust with an audience to be able to say these things, and they'll be like, hey, those must be good tomatoes if Tony's talking about them, because they know I check everything that I work with and everything that, that, I, that I work with as a sponsor and as an advertiser, and I know what these things are that I put my name to. And therefore, my name has built a credibility because they know I'm bringing an honest product to them day in, day out, week in, week out, month in and month out, and therefore, if I'm talking about these tomatoes, well then, holy damn, they got to be good tomatoes. Profit. So it makes all of that happen and all the jobs that happen in between. Only profit. Stop hating profit. You sound like a moron. You're a child. You know nothing. The real world is telling you something and her pseudo-intellectual fantasy is telling you something else. Again, she might be a great friend to people, but every time Representative Ocasio-Cortez opens her mouth on policy, she sounds like a child. The trampling of indigenous rights is a cause of climate change. The trampling of racial justice is a cause of climate change. Whatever gets you through the night... Honestly, whatever you want to tell yourself, if you think that lying to yourself or just making up these word salads is worthwhile, sure, knock yourself out.
people believe this stuff. That's why I'm forced to talk about it. Because people will actually buy in and believe this stuff. That's the problem. So there, just another moment in absolute ridiculousness from Representative Ocasio-Cortez. The gift that keeps on giving. Let's get back to the Chauvin trial. I want to share with you a one-two punch. This one-two punch comes from CNN and PBS. So former officer Derek Chauvin is on trial for murder. There's a charge of second-degree murder. There's a charge of third-degree murder, which exists in Minnesota. There is a charge of second-degree manslaughter. Right? So I, I, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. I'm not sure what that charge is going to be. I tend uh, to agree with, uh, with William Jacobson of Legal Insurrection, Cornell Law Professor, that'll be the manslaughter charge. But there's no one who doesn't understand that you have a prosecution, you have a defense. Right? You're entitled to a defense in America. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided to you. Right? That's, in, that's part of the Miranda rights. That's, that's what we do. That is the justice system. You now have a legal analyst, senior legal analyst for CNN by the name of Laura Coates, tweeting about the trial. Right? Derek Chauvin, the knee on the neck of George Floyd. The trial's going on. They've wrapped up closing arguments. And we're waiting on a, on a decision. We're waiting on a verdict. She writes on Twitter, defense begins the closing by defining reasonable doubt, not with why Derek Chauvin is innocent. Think about that. What am I supposed to think about? What in the world am I supposed to think about? Everybody knows that the jury has to believe something happened beyond a reasonable doubt. And if you cannot create reason, or, and if you can create reasonable doubt, well then, not guilty. I didn't say innocent. I said not guilty. Everybody knows this. You are the senior legal analyst. And you think this is a strange thing? When did you stop being a lawyer? When did you stop knowing anything about, well, anything? Of course you want to sow reasonable doubt. That's your job as a defense attorney. But it's very clear that people in media don't actually think there should be a defense. This brings us to Yamiche Alcindor, who, of course, is just an operative for the Democratic Party. Look, look, I know you hear that a lot, except she is, and it's clear, and it's obvious, and I don't think I'm speaking out of school when I say such a thing. You meet G.L. Cinder of PBS, who you see often on CNN. She tweeting out the following. Chauvin's lawyer, meaning um, the defense, 
said it flies in the face of common sense to say Floyd's death was not caused at least in part by his underlying conditions or drug use. This argument, writes Yamichi Alcindor, is in direct contradiction to the prosecution's case, which says, believe your eyes, Chauvin's knee killed Floyd. You mean the defense is in direct contradiction to the prosecution? How is that even possible? All right, all right, all right. No, it's not, Matthew. This is impossible. You can't have a defense that disagrees with the prosecution. That's that simply can't work in America. Raise a glass to free. Oh, you take your freedom and you shove it there, Hamilton. No one needs to hear your crap. This passes for intellectual rigor in the United States of America these days. One person who can't believe that the defense would want to engage reasonable doubt and another who thinks it's weird that you would have a direct contradiction and it would be weird that the prosecution and the defense would be thinking and saying different things. What's it like to be simply incapable of of rational thought? And further, what's it like to think that everybody who follows you is also incapable of rational thought? This tweet from the uh, CNN legal analyst was liked 3,400 times. This tweet from Yamichi Alcindor was liked 4,900 times times and what did they say they basically said well nothing they basically said nothing and it gets thought of as what valuable or are they both saying that it's strange that there should be any defense they're both going down that that uh that Maxine Waters, Representative Waters line of thinking. Oh, guilty, guilty, guilty. Don't give me anything but guilty. I if it's not guilty, it's just white supremacy. It's like these people have never thought about anything in their lives. I'm Tony Katz. Are you running again in 2024? What, what are the odds? If I were to First ask- of all, it's a long time. The odds, the odds, what are the odds? Look, <laughs> the odds. I got tremendous yeah. numbers. Nobody's ever gotten the numbers I got. No sitting president's come even close. There's more popularity now than there was the day before the election because they see how bad things are at the border. They see what's going on. They see that their guns are going to be gone. Their Second Amendment, their taxes are going up. Regulations are going through the roof. Jobs are going to go out. What do you see? You know, this is going to take a little while to show. But if they add all these regulations back, the jobs are going to be gone. Your energy independence is going to be gone. So 
I, I say this. I, I am looking at it very seriously, beyond seriously. Uh, from a legal standpoint, I don't want to really talk about it yet. I don't know why he wouldn't want to talk about it from a legal standpoint. I'm not sure what that is, but that was uh, former President Trump on with uh, Sean Hannity over there at Fox News. Beyond seriously, uh, for 2024, no one, I say no one, is surprised. Tony Katz, it's good to be with you on Tony Katz today. Should he run? I don't know. Will he run? I don't know. Does it keep people excited? It certainly does. He's going to tease that out as much as possible. Do I need it to be him? Not me. That's not anger. That's just a statement of fact. What I need is attitudinal. What I need is the desire to fight. What I need is somebody who isn't afraid, somebody who isn't going to cower in the corner, somebody who isn't looked to be everybody's friend. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who will do the hard work. And if that's Ron DeSantis or if that's Christy Nome, I know it can't be Christy Nome. Yes, it certainly can be. Stop being crazy. Or that's somebody we haven't even seen yet. I'm hearing stories that uh, Chris Christie is considering a run in 2024. <laughs> no, he's not. Oh, yes, he certainly is. That would not be wise. Remember, Chris Christie could have run in 2012, and Chris Christie could, be, could have just finished up his second term. It's possible, yeah. Because Chris Christie would have absolutely done away with Mitt Romney, done away with Mitt Romney, but Christie didn't want it, and then he ran in 2016, and Trump out-trumped Chris Christie, who was the Trump, and he took all of that power from his first term, and a poof, turned it into a whole bunch of sand that he sat on the beach with. That's a pretty good joke for people who know the story. I need the attitude. I'm not mad at the guy. There are things I love about Trump. There are things I don't like about Trump. Sorry if that bursts anybody's bubble. I'm much more interested in people learning the lessons of Trump. Trump has valuable lessons to teach. And you've got these people who are just, just hell-bent on its opposition. Like they ha- like I often discuss the fact that you see people who, who uh, act like they have some kind of secret knowledge. There's some knowledge of the world, some knowledge of people, some knowledge of how to how to act that that is is better. It, Barry Weiss uh, wrote about this when she left uh, the New York Times. That people who work at the New York Times think they have some secret knowledge, some understanding of the world that that they it's their job to pat the world on the head. This is my paraphrase of it, and slowly teach them. I don't believe any of that is true. I believe there's there's a historical look at the world. There's an understanding of of, of what is good and what is evil. Uh, as we would say, uh, the Yetzer Hara and the Yetzer Tov, right? The, in, in the Hebrew, the evil and the good. But this idea that, you know, only Trump can be the guy, that's idol worship. Count me out. That Trump has something to teach, that's valuable, I'm all in. So he could run again. But I think there's a bunch of people who can learn the lessons. And they'll do it a little bit differently and a little bit differently here and a little bit differently there. Maybe some of it will be good. Maybe some of it won't. It's still going to require we the people to stay on top of them. 
We have to stay on top of Trump as I see it. You got to stay on top of these people. They're just elected officials. When I run for office one day, you're going to have to stay on top of me. Of course you will. That's our job. That's what we do as the electorate. But this hatred of Trump that people have, whether it be Liz Cheney or some of the other, it's unnecessary. And it'll get you nowhere. 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 